You're listening to the Optimal Performance Podcast. The OPP is brought to you by Natural Stacks, makers of 100% natural and open source supplements designed to help you live optimal. For more information on how to build optimal mental and physical performance into your life, go to naturalstacks.com. Oh, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Optimal Performance Podcast. Thank you for listening. I just want to say that I really appreciate every time that you listen to this podcast. And even though we may have never never met before, this content is for you. I aim to bring you the coolest, most cutting edge information that will help you live your best possible life. On today's episode, we have Mike Ricker, who is the co-founder and the sales and marketing director for a CO2 extracted cannabis oil company, as in like you smoke it out of a vape pen, uh, called Wham Oil. And we go a lot of different places in the cannabis world. About You're probably going to want to start at about 19 minutes in. Uh, it takes us a minute to get going. Um, if you like the natural progression of our conversation and you're in it to win it, start it from the get-go. But if you want to ca- cut right to the details, you can skip to minute 19 where we dig into all the ins and outs of the cannabis industry uses. He explains to me at one point in our conversation about uh, a partner of his who has survived cancer seven times, endometrial cancer, and also shrinking brain tumors with cannabis. He's got to be careful about talking about medical claims about cannabis. Uh, I totally understand, but I think I think it's obvious. I think everyone knows that cannabis is a major, major tool for recovery, for anti-inflammation, and sooner or later, you or someone that you know is going to have something where cannabis will help, whether it's your niece or nephew who's having seizures and needs cannabis oil. Um, maybe it's your grandmother like mine who suffers from just debilitating arthritis where a topical ointment really helps. Um, there's a reason. There's a reason why we respond so well to cannabis, and that's because of our own internal cannabinoid system. We dig into that as well. We talk about testing and highest, the highest possible quality on uh, CO2 extracted oil. Uh, it's a really fascinating conversation, and I really appreciate you listening. I also wanted to mention that on today, that for today's episode, we're going to do a special offer. Uh, the guys from Natural Stacks, the guys like Ben and Roy, the co-founders, um, have also um, just recently purchased a soap company called Chiefs, and they are offering a 20% off discount for anybody. Oh, make that 25% discount. Just go to Chiefs for Men and buy the face wash that I've been using, which I absolutely love, and use the code OPTIMAL for 25% off your first online purchase. As always, follow me on Instagram, at Coach Sean McCormick, and I'm always into your feedback. I really want to hear what you think about these episodes. Send me an email, sean, S-E-A-N, at naturalstacks.com. And also, and also, uh, I'm working on something else that I'm really excited to roll out. Some of you may already know that I am a life coach and a performance coach, and uh, I want to give you guys an opportunity, an opportunity to step into my world a little bit. If you're interested, send me your phone number, and I will send you a text message every single morning with something that is useful in your life to get you started off in the right way. Um, You may or may not know that I am a life coach, a life mission coach, a performance coach, and a spiritual advisor for uh, lots of different people. Uh, I work with individuals and organizations to help them up-level in various ways, and I want to give you guys the opportunity also. 
if you want biohacking techniques, spiritual insights, and life coaching mental frameworks that will help you get just starting your day on, a, on the right note, send me your number. And I will send you just a quick meme, something very simple, very quick, every single morning to get your day started on the right path. Real simple, no strings attached. Just send me your email with your uh, send me an email with your name and your phone number, and I'll just shoot you something cool every single morning. I'm here for you. I want to help you guys grow. I want to help you guys live your absolute best possible lives, and I'm qualified to do so. So please put your trust in me. Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, Mike Ricker. You're listening to the Optimal Performance Podcast, and I'm your host, Sean McCormick. It's the OPP. I'm a performance coach, a wellness entrepreneur, a blogger, a speaker, a biohacker, and it's my privilege to bring to you the leading experts in the field of performance. So let's dig right in. And we are here with Michael Ricker, who is the uh, sales and marketing director and also partner at Wham Oil. Michael Ricker, welcome to the Optimal Performance Podcast. Hi, guy. What's going on? It's really good to have you, man. Um, we can spare everybody the uh, the how we know each other from the past. We Why? All... That's a great story. <laughs> uh, okay, well, maybe maybe we'll weave it in a little bit later. But I I, I really I wanna... gave you the name Shawnee Mac. It's true. It's true. You've given lots yeah, of nicknames, yeah. haven't you? Yes, I have. That that's my forte. Everybody gets a stage name. I love it. Yeah. Uh, so I like to start with the same question, uh, the first question for everybody, which is, uh, what have you put into your body today? Uh, an acai bowl. Period. That's it, man. Oh, no. Um, so the first thing that I start with every day is this little tea that I brew. First thing I do is I go straight to the stove and I boil water and instead of having coffee, um, I take the boiled water and, and then I inject into it. Let's see. I do a tablespoon of apple cider vinegar, a half of an organic lemon, uh, two shakes of turmeric and three shakes of cayenne. And it gets my metabolism going and it wakes me up and it just makes me feel good. And then about 30 minutes later, I will have a breakfast, which is 99 out of 100 days, an acai bowl. What about vitamins? I do take vitamins, yeah. Run us through uh, all and, of it. And water too, by the way. No doubt. Um, yeah, so the vitamins, so I'm vegetarian. Um, I take it back. I am a pescatarian. Uh, I do eat seafood. Um, so I'll probably eat fish twice a week, some sort of seafood, sometimes once a week. Sometimes I'll splurge. I just spent 10 days in Hawaii and I ate ahi probably every day. Uh, you know, favorite food. It's the best in the world over there, right? Um, so, you know, I do need, I feel the need to supplement my diet with vitamins. Um, so, gosh, you know, I, I, I take a multi, um, three of them. I, I can't remember the name of it. It's, you know, so regimented for me. I just, you know, pop in my hand and throw them in my mouth, and I can't even remember what the name is. Um, B12. Uh, let's see what else I do vitamin D, um, and a couple others. Um, 
uh, uh, I'll think of them as we go. Yeah, cool. Yeah. yeah, well, I'll have to send you. Uh, I'll have to send you some of our uh, vitamin D three with coconut oil. Um, it's it's killer stuff. Cool. So. I have, there's, there's lots I want to get to. Um, you are, uh, do you want to tell everybody who, uh, you know, where we met? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, um, for those of you in the Seattle market, you already know Ricker. Uh, and for those of you who are not in the Seattle market, uh, you may not know Ricker, although you, eh, you might cause the guys come everywhere. <laughs> no, I've been, I was in like 10 markets. Right. Yeah, we're 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 our our biggest listenership is along the West Coast, but I know that you've I know that you've 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 bopped around. Um, um, Ricker, allow me to introduce you. Uh, Ricker is <clears throat> Mike. Ricker is a uh, a, a DJ, uh, a radio DJ who is a absolute legend in Seattle. And back before it was okay to be a pothead. Uh, to be a cannabis enthusiast, <laughs> a pothead. I don't know. It's kind of a dirty term in this in this uh, day and age, man. In this industry, especially, and and I can get you know elaborate on that. But uh, you know, stoners are the biggest problem with cannabis, right? Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, back then, back then it would have been because it was you know it was it was demonized. You know, back when you were hosting four twenty gatherings. At uh, at whose grave here in Seattle? Jimi Hendrix Memorial. Jimi Hendrix Memorial. And I also ha- hosted a segment every day called High Noon. Right. Where right. people call up and take big bong hits. <laughs> What's up, Ricker? What's going on, Hugh Gantanormous Gangsterlicious Championshipism? Just token on some purple kush. Well, what are you hitting it out of the one-eyed, one-horned, flying purple people eater there, Gangsterlicious Brosicle? Yeah, Ricker. Well, let's hear what that sounds like, you can't enormous championship-tastic. <laughs> Happy high noon, Ricker! There you go, brother. Yeah. And then you went legit. I guess. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Wham Oil, for, for, those, for everyone listening, Wham Oil is by far my favorite uh, oil, my, my favorite, my, my very favorite, uh, CO2 extracted oil. And I've tried a whole bunch of them and, and the quality speaks for itself. And I know how I use it, but I'd like to get some more insights as to how you market it and, and some stories about how people use it. Because for the people listening now who are, you know, type A successful, very active, very, very health conscious, um, open to, um, to new and innovative biohacking techniques and supplements and so forth. Um, I'd like to, I'd like to ask sort of a broad question about, um, the uses of, of wham oil. How do, how do you, based on what you know, how do people, um, how do people use it? There are a number of ways that you can, utilize the benefits of cannabis and i will touch on that in just a moment but we didn't answer the question of how we met brother (laughs) shawnee mack was a salesperson at the radio station and i was an on-air personality and we became buddies uh and then i moved away for another gig and didn't see you for oh golly man like six years five six years and we ran into each other at a seahawks game 
because I moved back to Seattle to become a partner and the uh, sales and marketing director of Wham Oil. Uh, my buddy, here's how the story goes, okay? So I was on the air back in, what, 2004, 2005, and, you know, the Seahawks were a big deal in Seattle and every NFL market, I'm sure there's a big deal that for their local NFL team. And this guy would call my show and uh, say, hey, Ricker, it's Cowboy. Oh, Cowboy. Oh, Cowboy's a big Cowboys fan. He's a huge Tony Romo fan. And the Cowboys are coming to town this weekend and they're going to be taking on the Seattle Seahawks at the clink. And Tony Romo's going to fumble the ball and the Cowboys are going to get their asses handed to him. They're going to be whimpering all the way back home with their Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders. And, uh, and we would talk football and, and, then about, uh, I don't know, a year or two later, I'm in a gym working out. Um, this guy comes up and goes, he hears me speaking. He goes, are you Ricker? I, uh, yeah. Uh, he's, I'm cowboy. Oh, wow. What do you know, bro? What's up, man? And he ended up being a cool guy who golfs and snowboards and stuff. So we ended up, uh, hanging out and becoming friends. Um, then in 2010, I was at his, uh, home one day and he, you know, he, he has, a uh, an apartment or condo, condo in the Rainier Lofts. Now, anybody lives in Seattle knows what the Rainier Lofts are, right? It's the old Rainier Brewery, right? That no longer produces beer, but now they've uh, renovated the building into luxury lofts um, and studios, also storage units, recording studios, stuff like that. They've utilized the whole building and he lives in there. And I was in there and I, I saw this little black stuff that he had in some, some ramekins. And I said, dude, what is this? Because it looks like hash and I love hash. <laughs> <laughs> you know, look, dude, back when I was growing up and you know, I'm 50, right? So, um, you get hash once a year and there'd be a nice little ball of it, you know, maybe a quarter size in diameter. And he'd be like to your buddies, Hey man, guess what I got? What's that? I've got hash. You've got hash, you know, and it was, it was exquisite, right? And you wanted it to last as long as possible, but you also wanted to share it with as many people as possible because you had hash. And then that thing would little whittle down to a little booger until it was gone. And then you'd cry and you wouldn't see it again for a year, you know? Yeah. So, so I'm like, what do you got here, Brandon? Cowboy. And, um, and he says, oh, just some extractions that I've been playing with. So I'm like, well, let me take some. Yeah, go ahead, you know. So I loved it. It was great. Um, and about that time, he started Wham Oil, 2010. One of the first companies in the state of Washington to do extractions. And actually, we became, we are Washington's original. We're the first company in the state of Washington to introduce the vape cartridge to the state and also the first company to do CO2 extractions. Um, so fast forward forward to 2016, right? And I had uh, been out of radio for uh, about five years, four or five years. And uh, I, I wasn't sure what I wanted to do with my life, right? But radio had kind of come and gone because I was a shock jock and the whole industry had changed. The internet, you know, digital aspect of, of uh, entertainment had, had been a big factor in that. And for my birthday, I decided I wanted to go to Machu Picchu, to, you know, for a really special, um, you know, event. And I'm in Machu Picchu to make a long story short, I meet this guy and he's this kind of shaman guy. And he says, you have to go into the jungle and do ayahuasca while you're here. It's meant to happen. And I'm like, huh? Iowa? Who? And, uh, and, and by the way, he had a, uh, he had a joint 
in Machu Picchu. And I just flown from the U.S. And trust me, I wasn't bringing anything through customs. And I'm like, you got a joint? So we, we found a little secret area. We took a puff each, man. And all of a sudden, I'm at Machu Picchu and I'm stoned. And I'm like, <laughs> my God, this is beautiful. And it had been raining all morning and the sky was clearing. It was meant to happen. And I, and I started thinking after. And I was like, you know, I, I had a buddy of mine um, with me. And I said, man, I, I, I feel like I'm being called to this. I, I, we were supposed to go surf on the coast for the next week. And I said, you know what, dude, I, I think I, I need to go to the jungle, man. And so we catch the next flight. We go into the jungle, make a short story long. Um, we meet this guy, he takes us in there. We do ayahuasca and it's amazing. And that's a whole nother podcast. Okay. Oh, yeah. But I come out and, and my buddy's puking and pooping and stuff, you know, and, and I'm like, and I'm good. I, you know, I've been, hadn't worked in a while. I've been working on myself, you know, decompressing from the ego of being a radio personality for 20 years. And, uh, and I come out and I think, well, he, he says, you know, I know how I'm going to fix my life. Oh, my relationship. And then he gets all these answers and I'm, I'm thinking, well, you know, I don't have all the answers, but you know, I'm, I'm cool with myself. I wasn't puking and pooping. Right. And they say that's purging the, the evil spirits and the negativity from your body. And, uh, I wasn't feeling very negative. So I had a butterflies and rainbows experience. It was amazing. But the thing I left with was, you know, I'm really interested. I don't know why, but I'm really interested in this plant-based medicine. Yes. And, and it's a psychedelic. And mind you, I was done with psychedelics, right? And I was very nervous about doing it, but I talked myself into it. And it, because, you know, I don't, I don't need to visit those cobwebs up in the attic anymore. You know, it's, I've been there, done that. I'm good. But I did it anyways. And, and, and the word that struck me was the word medicine. And I thought, you know, down here, they call it medicine and they've been using it as medicine for a thousand plus years. And so that, that struck a chord with me. Uh, so I came back and I was living in San Diego at the time on the beach. And I was just like being a surf bum, trying to figure out, like I said, what I wanted to do with my life. And two months later, I get a call from Brandon Cowboy says, Hey, listen, um, we lost our medical license or it's, it's being becoming defunct because the medical market is, is being outlawed by the state of Washington and they're instituting the recreational market for everyone now. So we have to transition into that market and you as a former radio personality and uh, a promoter of, of cannabis on your show for the right reasons and wrong reasons, whatever. Um, you would be perfect for this company. Why don't you come and run my sales department? And I said, uh, that's, you know, I, I'm not, just, I'm not going to come run your sales department only. I want to come run the company as well. And I want to be a partner. So let's cut a deal so that I can work with this company with you, not for you. And he says, how can I refuse? Because it occurred to me at that, that moment that this was my destiny. Why? Because cannabis is plant-based medicine. Yes. Right. So, so the journey brought me to this point and how could I deny the universe? I mean, it sent all the messages I needed right there. So it's been two years now and we're killing it. Um, it took us about eight months to transition into the recreational market. We finally launched our products. And then about seven months later, we won the industry award for best concentrate company. And there's probably 250 to 300 concentrate companies. We not just get, got nominated. We actually won the award. And I'm not saying we're the best at anything. There is no best. It's like art, right? Right. But 
but the industry recognized the the struggle that Wham Oil had gone through, um, you know, transitioning into the rec market from the medical market. And we had such a strong legacy dating back to 2011 when things really started to roll that the industry voted emotionally, right, with their heart. And, and that's how we won that award. And, it, it, you know, it was, it was a seminal moment for us. So the question you had was um, CO2 oil, how can it be used beneficially? Um, and I, and I want to say that there's that CO2 is just one method of extraction for cannabis into a concentrate. There are many other methods. You can use uh, butane. You can use propane. You can also use a non-solvent um, way of going about it, like a, a live rosin. Um, and, you know, it's there. Everybody has their opinion of which is uh, the most effective. RSO is very effective. If you look that up, it's Rick Simpson oil. Um, I actually used Rick Simpson oil, which is basically the entire plant made into an oil, the stock, the roots, everything. And many people believe that it has highly, highly medical benefits. And, and I agree. Um, and, and I can touch on, on you know, how, where the proof is with our particular company. But first, I'll say that I had a piece of skin cancer on my face, right? Just a little basal cell, right? I grew up surfing in the sun in Florida. And so I've had uh, those removed from my body three times already. And this one appeared on my face about a year ago. And I went to a dermatologist and she froze it off. And I had this dime-sized circle, red circle on my face. It was faint, but it was annoying for about six to eight months. And then it started to fade. And I went to New Zealand with my girlfriend and got some sun, came back, and lo and behold, it reappeared. And I had been at this uh, event and this guy had given me a syringe of RSO. So I thought, you know what? I, at this point, I'm going to have to get cut into, but I'm going to try this alternative measure first. And so I took the RSO and I dabbed a little bit on the pee, on the face in the morning once and then at night at once. Now, mind you, I did smell like cannabis a little bit and it's sticky. But within six days, that basal cell had shriveled up into a little white scab that I just flicked off of my face. And this was about six months ago and it has not returned yet. Wow. True story. And there are many stories that validate RSO on a number of different levels that you can find um, all over the place. Now, another story is this. My partner, Brandon's uh, partner, woman, wife, girlfriend, never married, but been together 19 years. She is a seven-time cancer survivor. She survived endometrial cancer six times, and then about a year and a half ago was diagnosed with a brain tumor, all right? Now, she has notoriously in the Washington cannabis industry, and she's a member of the Women of Weed, which is a big organization of powerful women in the cannabis business in the state of Washington, also a member of the Cannabis Alliance and very vocal in the cannabis community. She's Mexican. She was raised by her grandmother who used cannabis as medicine when she was growing up. So huh. Gianna, my partner, has, has an affinity to cannabis uh, since she was a little girl as medicine. And now she has a, a, a relationship with it. And we have a strain called Lemon Remedy, which is a high CBD, low THC strain that has, in my opinion, uh, strong health and wellness benefits. Um, so her regimen, when she contracted um, endometrios or endometrial cancer, has been to use a half gram of Lemon Remedy orally in the morning 
and a half gram of RSO at night. And for her, it has shrunk tumors. Wow. And she's survived it now with the brain tumor actually being cleared for remission. She has survived cancer seven times by using cannabis. That's amazing. So, oh. How, how does she yeah. take it orally? Does she take like, is it like a little hash, little, uh, explain it to me. She does a half gram. So she fills a, uh, she fills capsules with it and then just takes the capsule with the, with the CO2 extracted oil inside of it, inside of it. Got it. Got it. Yeah. So that, that's a, that's a pretty strong, I mean, you can't deny that the, the, the power and the efficacy of it, um, no, and she's, you know, um, mind you, that's her methodology, right? There are, you know, you can also obviously smoke cannabis and, and people get a great deal of uh, health and wellness benefits from that. Um, you can vaporize it. And that's what we specialize in is producing, you know, vaporized or, or vape products that uh, that are also, you know, really uh, healthy, in my opinion. And, you know, we've got high THC products as well, uh, that will get you ripped. Um, now what we do with, you know, and, and the benefit of CO2 is that is considered by most to be uh, the cleanest way to extract cannabis into a concentrate. Uh, what we do is create full spectrum oil. So in the process, we retain as much of the indigenous cannabinoids as possible to, because uh, there's science that is evolving every day and uh, showing us that the cannabinoids in the cannabis plant have medical benefits for the human brain and body. Uh, we have an endocannabinoid system. The cannabis plant is a phytocannabinoid system and the two work synergistically with each other. And that's why human beings love cannabis so much and why, in my opinion, it's so good for us. What happens is we take it into our body and the uh, endocannabinoid or the, the phytocannabinoids attach to our endocannabinoid receptors, uh, which strengthens your immune system. Allegedly, it's, it says it on Wikipedia. Uh, you know, and I, and I want to state that I, I'm not at the I don't have the luxury of, of uh, mentioning any uh, medical benefits of cannabis because it's against the law in the state of Washington to do so because it's a strictly 502 uh, recreational market. But uh, for uh, health and wellness, uh, it has been known to be very effective and boost your immune system. Now, there are uh, approximately 113 major cannabinoids in the cannabis plant. THC is one of them. And people believe that THC has a, a great uh, bounty of uh, health and wellness benefit for the human brain and body. But there's also another 112 cannabinoids in the cannabis plant. And science, science is showing us that those individual cannabinoids, and CBD is one of them. There's also CBG, CBN, CBC, uh, and a host of others, obviously. Uh, that They also have uh, health and wellness benefits for the human brain and body. It has been shown that CBG, for instance, is really good for Crohn's and colitis. Uh, it's also a mood enhancement. Uh, it's, it's called cannabigerol. Uh, CBD is, um, is an anti-inflammatory, 
Uh, it's also an analgesic uh, as, as well as a host of other benefits that people have found individually uh, for it to be, you know, good for their bodies. So, you know, this plant, man, that's been around forever uh, and, and unrecognized really by the government, you know, um, is potentially a miracle, miracle cure-all. Yeah, well, and, and, and I, it, I shouldn't say, let me restate that, not a cure-all, but for some, you know, um, ailments. And we don't really know. We don't really know how far it can go. And and, and that's that's not even, you know, talking about the cannabis and the hemp plant, which, we, you know, we don't really need to get into the distinction between the two necessarily, but the industrial uses for building materials, textiles, paper, alternatives, like, it is a master plant. It is a, it is a, uh, it is a game changer and the deck, the deck is stacked against us and against this progressive material and medicine, but the tide has shifted and it seems like it changes every single day. It's changing rapidly. The industry, you know, we live this industry in dog years. It's very fast. There's a lot of money coming in. There's, there's a lot of hope. Um, and, and I'd like to clarify, uh, or at least uh, give you an, an object, a objective of, of something, um, an observation that what's probably going to happen is the cannabis plant will end up being used strictly for health and wellness, and the hemp plant will be uh, grown strictly for industrial use because it takes a lot of hemp to produce you know, a fair amount of CBD um, and other cannabinoids. And, and uh, in the cannabis plant, it's far more prevalent. So you have to grow less cannabis to get health and wellness products. And, um, you know, and, and obviously the, the hemp plant is, has been known to be used for a lot of different industrial things. Yeah. Um, I'll give you a little piece of history. In the 1920s, there was um, a lobby to the government um, William Randolph Hearst was a major component of that, of those lobbyists, um, really, really pushing to get hemp eliminated so that they could institute timber, uh, as you know, a major crop for, uh, industrial use. And they won and they won by basically coupling hemp with cannabis when hemp has absolutely no psychoactive effect on the brain whatsoever. Why would you demonize hemp? Because they saw a great deal of money to be made by using their timber because Hearst, of course, owned a lot of property and had a lot of trees and he had a publishing empire. And instead of hemp being that major component for you know creating his newspapers, um, he could uh, institute timber and, and they obviously were successful uh, because they made hemp uh, illegal. Uh, and many people believe uh, that it was through propaganda uh, that cannabis was going to make you crazy, right? You've seen all the you know negative propaganda about it, reefer madness and such. And it was the uh, black jazz musicians drug that was going to make uh, you know people go rape white girls. And so everybody said, oh, you know, we can't have that, right? The conservative right or whoever it was. Um, and so it was, it was made illegal. Now, this is a really interesting point. The human body has had cannabinoids in its system since the Paleolithic period. Why is that? Because 
humans have always ate the animals that ate the wild hemp, right? So the animals had uh, a high diet of hemp, uh, which translated to our bodies as well. Now, um, CBD, which is found in hemp, is, again, a natural anti-inflammatory, allegedly. Uh, so suddenly people started developing these diseases of inflammation, right, uh, that didn't necessarily exist before. So then in the 50s, the pill was, you know, initiated. Just take this uh, cocktail of, of uh, pills and that'll mask the symptoms. But then, of course, it throws your balance off and you've got other issues because your balance is off. Uh, and then you've got to take more pills to rectify that situation, right? So for the past almost 100 years, because cannabis has been illegal and hemp has been illegal, we've been suffering from some major ailments that we probably shouldn't be suffering from. So yes, the tide is turning. And you know, in the 60s, cannabis made it sort of a resurgence, the hippie movement and such, peace, love. And then you know, one example of how it was quashed again by the powers that be was, you know, the Manson murders happened. Oh, well, if you, if you use cannabis, you're going to go cut babies out of pregnant women's stomachs. And, uh, and like Charles Manson did. And, uh, you know, weed, pot, dope is bad. So again, the movement was quashed. Well, now in the, uh, you know, 2000 teens, obviously started in two, about 2010. It actually started in San Francisco in the nineties, um, for AIDS patients and sort right. of, uh, you know, it was, uh, you know, the, the, it was, I think it was Diane Feinstein wh who's, you know, obviously uh, a Senator now, um, was the mayor of San Francisco. And I believe it was her that made a compassion law for people that were diagnosed with, uh, who were dying from AIDS and that they could use cannabis, um, for their pain relief. Right. And, and I could be wrong, but I think that's where it all started. You know, this whole global cannabis movement that's still in its infancy, but you will see that it is going to become, uh, you know, big on every scale of every aspect of life. Sean, you're going to see uh, cookie com companies putting CBDs and CBGs in their food or whatever, you know, crafting Nabisco, uh, big, you know, tobacco, big pharmaceuticals, of course, are going right. to be in it. It's going to be everywhere. You'll be putting CBD drops in your smoothies in the morning, uh, toothpaste, cosmetics, you name it. Cannabis is going to become a major, major, major play uh, in the next decade and beyond. And in my opinion, 2020 is the year of vision. That's the year that we get, you know, uh, an elected president, um, that we elect a new president. And in my opinion... Um, it's going to be part of the uh, election platform for, you know, whichever Democrat, whichever Republican get nominated. And they're going to say they're going to want to take uh, they're going to want to take credit for uh, legalizing cannabis. And, and I think that that's going to be Trump's one of his uh, uh, running platforms is he's going to say, I'm going to legalize cannabis. And you know what? Don't be surprised if he loses, if he does legalize it before he's out of office. Right. In those three, what, two, two months before the new president is sworn in. Yeah. Uh, ju just to take credit for it. But it'll probably be, in my personal opinion, uh, until about 2021 when it starts to become federally legal. Now, anything could happen and I could be totally wrong, but that's my assessment. Yeah, I mean, it. It. Uh, I, I read somewhere that uh, the former Speaker of the House John Boehner has a bunch of money 
in cannabis because he's you know he's to old old school good old boy tobacco uh, ties and families and investments and so forth. And I think that you know based based on what I've read too because I have a fascination with it and I've seen it help so many people and it's helped me in so many different ways. I I think you're right. I think yeah uh, you know like um like written in the cannabis manifesto you know you can do like a little tincture before going into a movie or you know wine pairings um it, it's going to be ubiquitous i think it's just a matter of time because i because people aren't dumb and they know they know what will help them and give them a higher quality of life and and cannabis does that i think so it, it's done so for me and and here's the thing when you know this we're not working with the old bud that uh, you used to get, you know, back in the 90s and 80s, right? Back in the day, you know, you you would have whatever strain was going around. Uh, these millennials these days, brother, they don't know what the term dry means, right? <laughs> <laughs> There'd be, you know, like two weeks, bro, it's dry. There's no weed anywhere, you know, you're scraping your bowl, right? Um, and then, you know, a shipment would come into town who, you know, and your guy would have a certain strain and it would be the same strain that the guy across town had. And well, what is it? Oh, it's the BC bud or whatever. Right. We didn't know if it was an indica or a sativa or how much CBD it had or right. You just got what you had and either made you sleepy or awake or whatever. And, it, and if one of those strains that you got was really, really hit a chord, you'd be like, my God, that's the best weed I've ever had, man. What is it? Because it worked for your constitution. And everybody's different. <clears throat> some people will prefer an Indica. Some people prefer a Sativa, you know. Some people, an Indica uh, gives them energy. Some people, a Sativa makes them sleepy. You never know. What it really boils down to is, is the strain itself. And if right. you find a good strain that you like, you stick with it, right? But now with science, obviously, and technology, cannabis has come a long ways. Now you can actually extract you know, certain, the, the terpenes and, and the cannabinoids, you know, and the flavonoids and, um, and, and really, you know, concentrate high levels of those cannabinoids and terpenes to where you've got a product that is great for health and wellness that pinpoints an acute reaction in the human brain and body. So now you get a concentrate, like, you know, particular strain of wham oil that's got really high CBC or CBG, and you know what it's going to do to you, right? So you can tailor your buzz to almost exactly what it is that you like. Where before you just got whatever was in town, you know? So yeah. it's really exciting. Um, and, and it's still, we're just scratching the surface, man. There's a company that, uh, that that I'm going to have on the podcast at some point here in the future called Green Genomics, and they do a DNA test that identifies specific genetic variants uh, responsible for you, your unique biochemical makeup, and then they give you a sort of a suggestion of the different strains that might work best with your DNA. Dude. Right? Fantastic. Right? Yeah. To be able to say like, okay, um, you know, uh, the Gorilla Glue strain um, doesn't work well for me, but uh, Girl Scout Cookies does. Um, the delivery method that's best for me is uh, is is CO two extracted oil versus uh, you know a tincture. But you know, this is where medicine should be going. And for the people listening right now who are who are tinkerers and 
biohackers and staying on top of their their baselines and and measuring their heart rate variability, you know, to know that you could have a powerful medicine that's custom tailored to you, it, that's made cleanly and in a delivery method that's not gonna stink you up or turn your eyeballs bright red. Um, then you can cater to the different aspects that you, that they know that, you know, work best for you. It's super exciting, man. I I can't tell you how stoked I am for it. You know, when, as it becomes more socially acceptable, the entire world's going to be excited because people are tired of being sick and tired, brother. Yeah. And you know, it's, it, it, what we've got to do, what's happening is we've got to get rid of the stigma that has been propagandized to us for the past hundred years. Because if you speak to just about anybody over the age of 60, they're embarrassed to talk about cannabis, right? They really you, are. Yeah, you bring it up at, at Thanksgiving dinner and people are like, oh, they get all shaken up about it. You know, you, you may as well be talking about herpes or something, you know? It's just like, you just don't, you just don't talk, that's, it's, 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 it's not dinner talk. Right. But, um, you know, with millennials and, you know, uh, and Gen Xers, you can talk openly about cannabis because you know what grandma and grandpa use it and they're fine. And even mom and dad might be using it. And well, maybe grandma and grandpa didn't use it, but they're starting to use it now. In fact, my mother uses a hand cream. She doesn't want to get high, but it really works well, works well for her arthritis. Um, and, and the, you know, the Gen Xers have, you know, they've seen it around, right? I'm a Gen Xer. I've seen it around for my entire life and I've never seen any domestic violence. I've never seen any traffic accidents. I've never seen any issues other than dudes wanting to play video games a little longer than usual. Um, but you know, it's, uh, it, it's, if you measure it against a lot of other drugs, including alcohol, it really is far better for you. Um, and it brings you happiness, right? And there's no hangover. Yeah. So I have questions about the, the product specifically, because I, I wonder what the process is of choosing, you know, you can't make every strain. You can't, you can't, you can't invest the R and D there. There's just too many. So how do you guys go about picking the strains that you use for your retail products? Well, um, that's a good question. Uh, firstly, there are, you know, strains that are just good sellers, right? Um, green crack and mind you, I hate some of the names, but it is what it is. Uh, it's a really good strain that, that sells well. Um, also, uh, Jack Herrera, Jack Herrera was, um, a guy who, um, you know, sort of he developed this certain particular strain that was very effective for him. Um, and he championed it and that became a well-known strain. Uh, so, you know, those, those strains we, um, you know, we'll get because we know that they're going to be good for business. And then there are other strains that maybe don't sell as much, but have a high, uh, CBD ratio and they are, you know, very beneficial for, um, us as, uh, individuals and also, um, some patients that maybe came from the medical market that have been using that strain for a while. Uh, and then we like to play around with, with new strains as well. And we here at uh, our facility are developing 
new strains all the time um, with, you know, different genetics and, um, you know, hybridizing uh, strains and seeing what we can get, seeing if we can get the best, strongest, um, highest cannabinoid producing strains. So, you know, you, you're never sitting rusting. You're always looking for new innovative ways to further the company and just about every, uh, farm in that same class is doing the same thing, right? There's a really big company called Fat Panda here in the state of Washington, uh, and they're advancing into other states as well. But they've got a, a really impressive research and development department where they're constantly testing out new genetics. And, you know, you destroy the ones that don't do as well. And it's, a, you know, it's really a survival of the fittest game. You know, the plants that do the, the best end up becoming their star uh, strains that they feature uh, to shops. So, you know, there's constant development of trying to find those perfect strains uh, and, and, and the strongest strains. So, you know, it's just like any other agriculture, I guess, um, or, um, you know, farm culture. Uh, you're just you're trying to get the most out of uh, what you have and, you know, having the best strains, obviously, in this industry uh, helps you succeed. Right. And so like, you know, what may be the most popular uh, may not obviously may not be your favorite. You know, maybe you're not maybe you don't love Matanuska Thunderfuck, but uh, but you <laughs> <laughs> but you really love, uh, uh, you know, Harlequin Tsunami. Who knows? There you go, brother. Those, those are some, the, you must've looked at our website cause those are two strains that we actually had exactly uh, yeah. in the past. <laughs> the right. Harley Sue was one of my favorites and the MTF was, uh, you know, it was good. Uh, it's a, an, an offspring of Alaskan Thunderfuck. Matt Nuska is a Valley, um, uh, in Alaska. Uh, so they're sort of cousins. Uh, it's a good sativa. Uh, Harlequin tsunami is a really good CBD, but yes, you know, some strains will, it's amazing. We, we uh, got a strain from a farm that uh, offered us a Blue Jack. Two strains that are very popular, Blue Dream and Jack Herrera. And I thought, oh, this is a winner, man. We'll, we'll take 20 pounds of it. We'll make it into oil and see how it does. And I swear, it, it got me so high that I could barely see straight. I was like, man, this is a really strong, high THC uh, uh, cannabis product. And so we sold it. And I swear, it just sat on the shelf and collected dust in the shops that we sold it to. Interesting. And I was like, geez, I'm sorry uh, we'll we'll buy it back huh. uh, so you never know what what the public is going to gravitate towards it's kind of a hit and miss but there are certain strains that obviously do well uh but we're always looking for you know that next prized possession that we can you know call a true wham oil strain it's fascinating because the like you said like you mentioned um society is opening up to the culture and opening up to you know similarly to like fine wine, uh, very similar to wine. They understand like it's got different terpenes and flavors and effects and tannins and and terpenes, brother. Right. Right. And, and and while I'm on that, uh, while I mentioned that, you know, I'm, I'm writing for a magazine called Northwest leaf. Uh, they're in three States presently, Alaska leaf, also Oregon leaf. Uh, they've just signed on Maryland and DC leaf, uh, and Michigan is next. So they're expanding and, uh, I'm going to be writing, um, a column for them, a cannabis column called Stony Baloney, which will be launching the first week of January uh, coming up. Uh, and I'm also the host of their podcast called Leaf Life with the publisher of the magazine, Wes Abney. 
Uh, now, Wes is, has been in the medical market for a long time, and he puts these uh, events together called tannins and terpenes, where you go to the event and they serve you food and drinks, and they're all flavored with terpenes uh, from particular strains of cannabis. Now, for those of you that don't know what a terpene is, uh, that's, a, that's a component of the cannabis plant that gives it its smell and aroma, okay? So terpenes exist in all forms of vegetation uh, in the world. Uh, vegetables and fruits, if you take a mango and you say, well, that really tastes like a mango, okay? And then you smoke some cannabis like a mango haze, right? And it's like, yeah, I, I taste mango in there. The reason is because the, the plant and the fruit both share the same terpene that is prevalent in certain, in certain fruits and vegetables in the natural uh, fauna of, uh, uh, of the world. So that same terpene will be found in the flower of that cannabis plant, which is amazing, which why, why you'll get a strawberry cough, right? It tastes a little bit like strawberry because they share the same terpene. That is the that is the clearest explanation of a terpene that I've heard in a long time. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's fan, that's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I, I as people begin to understand. Oh, and by, it, and by the yeah. way, I'm sorry to interrupt you. Right. Um, this is very important. Terpenes also augment the THC. They accentuate your your buzz, so to speak. Right. So if you have really high terpenes then you're probably going to have a much better experience with that cannabis strain. And when you do extractions, which is what we do, you can get high levels of terpenes, right? So you've got something with like 12% terpenes and, you know, 62% THC and some CBD and other CBC in there and stuff. Those terpenes will really, really, it's why when you smoke a certain strain, you'll be like, my God, that's fantastic. Why is, why do I feel so great is because it's high in terpenes. Those terpenes are sort of elevating the other cannabinoids in the plant. Right. And, and, and that's sort of similar to, you know, you need a little bit of THC. What's, what's the effect, uh, synergy or complementary effect that, that when you're using a, um, a CBD product that it should have the, it's, it's best to have a little bit of THC in it because it's because they work together and they like each other and they're more effective. That's right. The uh, THC actually carries the CBD to the receptors. So it's, it's our opinion at Wham Oil that you need about at least 3% THC uh, in a CBD strain for it to be truly effective. Yeah. So, so if you see these, you know, a lot of people claim that hemp CBD with a trace amount of THC, and I mean like 0.03%, is effective for them. Uh, there are also a lot of people that, that believe that that's snake oil. Now, one, I, you know, I, I can't really comment on either because, you know, I'm, I'm not a scientist. Uh, and also, you know, I don't take CBD products uh, derived from hemp. I only take cannabis-derived CBD. Um, so, you know, it's... a it, one thing we know is that, well, at least one thing we believe in our opinion, that cannabis-derived CBD is far more effective than hemp-derived CBD. And be cautious if you're out there buying the next trendy CBD, say CBD water, CBD whatever, because a lot of it is CBD that's 
been shipped from China. Yeah. And you really, there's, there's no regulation on it. You don't know if it's at, and it's a powder usually, and you don't know what that powder is. You don't know if there really is CBD in that. You don't know if it came from hemp. Uh, it definitely didn't come from cannabis because cannabis is, is illegal in China. So, you know, just buyer beware. If, if, if you really want positive effects from CBD, go with a cannabis dried CBD and make sure there's some THC in it. Now, a low level of THC really won't get you stoned. Maybe a tiny, tiny little shred and you'll probably actually love it because a little tiny bit of CBD has been known for some people to be sort of an anti-anxiety property. And, and, and anxiety is what most people suffer from when they use THC because it is a psychotropic uh, cannabinoid and, and, it, and it does, you know, make you, it makes some people feel paranoid. Yeah. Well, to, to talk about, um, to take it to the next level, pesticides and organic labels and not organic or how does that work? Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because that's, you know, really, really a sticking point for us here at Wham Oil. We are really stringent about uh, our testing and the products that we put on the market. We do pesticide testing on the finished product, on the oil, and we're one of the only companies in the state of Washington. In fact, from what I've seen, and I'm around, I'm everywhere in this industry in the state of Washington, we're the only ones that actually put it on our label. Now, what's the difference between that and a company that has pesticide free on their label? I can tell you this. Okay, I'm going to start a new story. There's a very prominent shop in the state of Washington called Uncle Ike's. It's owned by a gentleman named Ian Eisenberg. Ian has initiated a new policy with his three stores where they will pull products off the shelf randomly. I think it's once a week. It's called Ike's OK. And they will send it for a third party testing for pesticide testing. And just recently, last week, Something happened that has sent shockwaves through the industry. They did a testing on a company called Ionic. Ionic makes vape cartridges. They make they they produce uh, a CO2 or uh, a hash oil product. Uh, Ionic came back as having failed for mycobutanol, which, uh, in my uh, to my knowledge, converts to cyanide when it's heated. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> there's another uh, like. Uh, propylene glycol it's used prevalently in um in vape cart like e-cigs and such and it's used as cut for a lot of oil companies it's not pure oil they'll cut it with uh propylene with a pg propylene glycol um you know it's it's just a business practice for a lot of um you know companies that don't care about people's health they just care about making money and there's a lot of them out there trust me when you heat PG, propylene glycol, um, I have seen uh, on the internet that uh, some science shows that it converts to formaldehyde. Formaldehyde is what they embalm dead bodies with. When you combust something, it's different than eating a strawberry with pesticides on it. When you heat it, it changes molecular form and it can be very toxic and it can be uh, a high a neurotoxin uh, amongst many other things that we don't know that it does to you, right? And there's very little regulation in the cannabis industry. So when you're buying a product, be really conscious of uh, how they grew it and what's in it. And here's the thing, though. All right. So this company, Ionic, and, and I don't mean to talk negatively about Ionic. I'm just stating the facts. This company puts on the back of their package pesticide free. 
right? How do we know it's pesticide free? I mean, that's a big claim to make. And in my personal opinion, it's a false claim because you cannot prove that anything is pesticide free. What we do at Wham Oil is we send it out for pesticide testing and then we provide a certificate of pass from the Liquor Cannabis Board, state of Washington, uh, that shows that it passed their regulations for pesticide testing. We don't claim to be pesticide free because there's not a laboratory in the entire world, in the universe, as far as I know, that has the capacity to test for every pesticide that exists in the world, right? Interesting. There's, there's like over 2,000 pesticides and over 10,000 harmful compounds, in my personal opinion, that, that are found in all of those pesticides. So how can you test for all 10,000 of those compounds? You can't. So putting pesticide free on your label is a false claim. Not only that, but anybody can do it because it's not regulated by the state. So Ionic did it. They put pesticide free on their package. Uncle Ike's, Ian Eisenberg, tested that and it came out negative. Failed. So where does that put the consumer? That puts the consumer last, right? And pesticides are a big problem because here's the thing. There are way too many farm licenses or producer licenses and way too few retail licenses. I think they issued over 1,500 um, producer licenses and only 450 to 500 retail licenses. What that equates to is very little shelf space for the farms. So the farms, a lot of them, to make a margin to survive and stay in business, have to cheat. And as, as you know from learning from Lance Armstrong, People will cheat to get ahead in life, right? So there's a lot of uh, bad product on the shelf out there, and they'll tell you that they're clean, but they haven't proven it, right? And so careful of, of, of what you buy and what you smoke because when you combust those pesticides, man, they can be really harmful. And you're sending that out for a third-party test, right? It's uh, yes, it's a test that's done. Um, there are a number of laboratories that are state certified uh, that do the testing. And um, it, yeah, it's not required by the state, although there there is talk and we've been told by the Cannabis Alliance that the Liquor Cannabis Board is going to initiate mandatory uh, testing statewide for the state of Washington. We're one of the only legal states in the country that does not that has not mandated pesticide testing. But even still, there's a lot of work to do. California, you know, there I, I read an article, I think it was Rolling Stone, um, that where it says that uh, 93 percent of all the random testing that they did on products came back um, positive for uh, mycotoxins and pesticides. Um, in the state of Washington, we actually had a full page ad, uh, media ad running for a couple months that stated, uh, there's a, a guy named Dr. Ethan Russo, who's a, a prominent person in the cannabis industry who, uh, did some third party testing and his results equated in 84.6% of uh, all samples tested came back, uh, pesticide testing in the state of Washington. So what's that tell you, man? It's a really dirty market, and the, the the government has a long way to go until they clean it up. And in my opinion, that's part of why uh, legalization, you know, on a on a, uh, a countrywide scale, on a national scale, federal scale, uh, has not come to be yet. Interesting.
Very interesting. I think, I think that that level of <laughs> that level of attention to detail, and when we do the same thing in natural stacks, every batch of krill oil or magnesium, you know, the magtech products, all of it is every batch is tested and the results are posted on the website. So you can actually see what is in the bottle of curcumin turmeric that you bought and how did it, you know, what's in it so that you can see clearly. And that, that sort of investment in time and money, uh, is going to pay off in the long run because, oh, these guys have been doing it right for this long. And when, uh, when there's lots of competition, like there is not only in, in supplements and vitamins, but obviously also in cannabis, that when, when you can exhibit uh, that you've been doing it and testing it and doing it the right way, like that, that level of, um, uh, of authenticity uh, I think I think it's it pays off, and, and 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 in smart consumers who are paying attention to what they put in their bodies, um, appreciate that, you know. Yeah, I, I like to use the word transparency. Um, we're a transparent company, and you know we're we're playing the long play, Sean. To be honest with you, our whole business model is about providing the highest quality product at the fairest price, and and by high quality, I mean safe for the human brain and body. And that doesn't always equate to sales. Let me tell you what, brother, in this industry, it's every man for himself and it's a race, right? And we're playing the tortoise. Well, you know, almost all the other companies are playing the hare. Make as much money as you possibly can now because who knows how long we're going to have the opportunity to do so. We're about establishing a high quality, highly valued, respectable brand over the long term because we want to be the whole foods of the cannabis industry. And you don't do that overnight necessarily. You have to develop trust with your consumers uh, because you know, once you do that and once, peop- once you establish that trust, that goes a long ways because then they tell people and then they tell people and it becomes a word of mouth thing where it becomes a highly valued product you know, rather than just a fly-by-night trendy product where it's like, well, this is gonna get me stoned. It's cheap, I'll get it now and next week I'll buy something else. Right. Right. How do you, uh, I'm thinking about our audience and, and, um, performance. Um, hi audience. Hello audience. What's going on y'all? <laughs> uh, where, cause I can speak from, I'll speak how I, how I like to use it. I like sativas, uh, before jujitsu. I like sativas before I work. Uh, and, and before I write, you know, uh, some, some sativa dominant strains, um, and some, uh, uh, sound, tr- a Pandora musics or a movie soundtrack and I'm set to go. I can, I can write and compose and, and work really focused for a long period of time. You know, I've seen lots of, you know, po- marijuana, marijuana, <laughs> cannabis has been popular with like the sort of combat sports universe for a very long time because you're using all the different parts of your brain and your body to f- solve these problems in, uh, especially in like Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. Can you tell me a little bit about either how you like to use it for performance or, or how some other people that you might know like to use it for performance? Well, first of all, what do you use when you float? Haha. Uh, I have gone through phases where a little tiny bit goes a long way. 
Um, I like to be, I like to solve problems in flotation tanks. And so when I float, I like to, I like to smoke a sativa so that my brain is active and I can still meditate. I've gone, I've done, you know, heavy, heavy edibles and gone for long periods of floating. Um, but if currently, uh, currently it's all, all, all vape, you know, what am I, what do I have for me? I think I've got, what is this? What is this? I think it says it on there. I think I've got Maui Wowie. I think I've got some Maui Wowie wham oil and I'll do like two hits, maybe three hits right before I jump into the float tank. And that's, that's, that's perfect for me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it, you know, it, it definitely can enhance your experience in so many different ways. And before I answer the question, I want to touch on something. Um, it's the whole plant product that really, you know, gets you moving that, that affects all of the receptors in your brain. And here's why there's a very popular product on the market called a distillate. It's a form of extraction. It's basically building a high THC, higher THC, higher THC level to where you get something in the 90s of THC, but they strip all the other cannabinoids out of the, the product. And then they'll reintroduce usually some food grade cannabinoids or some, uh, some flavoring, right? And it's a huge misnomer because THC only attaches to a certain amount of your receptors, right? Your endocannabinoid receptors in, in your brain and body. Um, the other cannabinoids attach to other cannabinoid receptors as well. When you've got CBN, CBG, CBC, CBD, they give you a much fuller, much broader experience because you're getting the whole plant, right? So distillate is hugely popular over what we do, which is a full spectrum oil, but you want that full spectrum because that's where you get the terpenes, the flavonoids and the cannabinoids augmenting the THC and really, really getting your receptors going. That's why when you smoke bud at your buddy's house, you're like, man, I'm fucking ripped, bro. I just, what is, how much THC is in that? 12%? Wow, dude, what the heck? I just had a distillate yesterday it was 93% THC and I'm not as high as I am now. I wasn't yeah, I wasn't as high as I'm now. Why is that? Because you're using the whole plant, right? So, when you're going to a combat sport, hey man, you want the whole plant, baby, you're going to have a fuller experience. And so that's what I use, man. I, I I'm a, a hiking enthusiast. I also like going to the gym and working out or playing basketball. Um, I'm also a writer. Uh, so yeah, certain strains will definitely affect my mood and my ability to, uh, perform, um, for like my favorite strain is green queen. It's a cross between green crack and space queen. I like to say that the, the green crack gets you up the mountain and then the space queen makes you want to write a poem at the top. (laughs) So the space queen is really good for, you know, really creative cannabinoids and the green queen is really active or, uh, the green cracks really active, you know? Um, it's, if I'm like going to do karaoke with my girlfriend and some friends and stuff, I like to use the Hindu Kush because it's got a nice euphoric sense that you get from it. Right. Sort of a happy, relaxed, it's an indica and I'll feel, you know, the anxiety just melt away and I'll go up there and I'll rip out a couple tunes like a Mick Jagger brother. <laughs> do you have uh, different times of day? Are you a day smoker, uh, user consumer? Well, not when I'm working. Um, so only, you know, when, when the, the, the business is finished 
unless I'm at obviously at a cannabis event or something like that. But, um, you know, rarely do I smoke during the day if I have to work. Now, on the weekends, man, I absolutely love going up to the mountain, taking some tokes and getting on the hill snowboarding. I'll smoke all day, you know. But, um, you know, as far as doing business, I feel like I really need to have. Uh, here's the thing. Cannabis can make you think differently and it can make you think you're funny sometimes when you're not necessarily because you're stoned, Right. you know, or we've all been you, there. You can make you think you're witty, which you are, but to some people you might be a little too witty, a little too talkative and maybe on the verge of annoying. <laughs> so you got to be careful about that. It's for doing business. I personally think it's best uh, to keep a straight head. Now, other people I know uh, smoke, all day, every day, edibles, you name it, and they function perfectly well. Everybody's different. Everybody responds. Yeah, man. Everybody responds and cannabis and, and cannabis affects everybody differently. Well, I know that you're. I know that you're making extra time for for me today. Uh, I, I, I for sure, at least. I mean, I think we need to revisit this because there's some other rabbit holes I want to go down with you. Um, I'd love to, brother. Yeah, I think I think we need to we need to have a round two here soon. But um, sure. I like to close out each episode with uh, with another question, and and you know, you, you mentioned it briefly there. You are a writer. You are a novelist of prolific proportion, <laughs> and um, and you've seen a lot, and you've been in showbiz and radio, and now in cannabis, and and I I think of you. Um, not only as a friend, but as a, as a very interesting person. And I would love to hear how you would finish this sentence. Everyone should know that. Oh, that's it. Uh, that you, that you can be happy. Now, let me, um, expound on the writing part. Cause so people don't start going and looking for my books, uh, on, you know, Amazon. Um, I've written, uh, five books. Uh, a couple of them are novels. There's a self-help book, the novels, you know, uh, as the Romans do is one. Another one's called firefly. I have a self-help book called 13 girlfriends and no ring. Um, I also have a, a book of essays uh, called tattooed dude. Um, however, none of them are published. Uh, I'm about to embark on my writing career, like I told you before, with the Leaf uh, magazines, uh, with the column called Stony Baloney. Now, I've got uh, 25 entries written. Uh, once we get to probably 60 entries, we'll publish a book called Stony Baloney, and I'll build my reader base through that, and then eventually I'll start releasing my other works. So the novels you're probably not going to get for another three years or so. All right. All right. Oh, but you get a, you get a manuscript. Sweet. I get a man's copies. You can have a manuscript. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'll send nice. you a copy of Firefly, bro. You love it. Cool. <laughs> well, Mike, thank you so much for, for joining us today on the, the optimal performance podcast. This has been, um, this has been a deep dive, um, and not deep enough, but I think that, uh, I think people are really going to be, um, interested in, in the details that we went into today and uh, the insight that whether you're in Washington or uh, California or you know Boston or Shanghai, you're, you're the, the principles uh, are the same and, uh, um, and the suggestions that you've made, I think are really going to help people. Yeah, well, thank you very much. And uh, if you're interested in my product, please go to whamoil.com. It's W-A-M-O-I-L.com. 
And uh, hey, man, uh, look me up on Instagram. It's Ricker DJ. Thanks, Ricker. Sean, it's been a pleasure, brother. It's always great speaking with you. And it sounds like you've got a really forward thinking audience. And this has truly been an honor and a privilege. And I thank you so deeply for this experience.